it's been an amazing time in this, in this series of talks so far. Uh, so if it's okay, I'd like to remind us of where we've been so that we can see clearly where it is that we're headed. And the first thing that we really dug into was kind of tough, and it's this. We're going to have suffering in this life. We're going to have pain in this life. We're going to have trials in this life. And when that happens, we have a choice to make. And that choice is we either let it break us or we stand like we sang and we say, I will not be shaken. I will not be shaken. We either let it break us or we lean into the truth that our pain has a purpose. It said in James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So we've learned so far from James that not only does our pain and not only do our sufferings produce in us perseverance, but also that our current situation, what we're going through right now, what we're facing right now, the storm that we're in right now, the trial that's going on all around us right now is preparing us to be equipped with what we need when God takes us where we're headed. Because we're all headed somewhere. And God wants us to be prepared and equipped when we get there. The second thing that we've learned from James is simple, and it's that the Lord wants to give us wisdom and understanding of both his power and his plans. God wants to give us an understanding of both his power and his plans. In James 1, verses 5 through 7, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should do what? Ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will. Can you say will? It will be given to you, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive what? Anything. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So what do we see in that? We see that the Lord desires to give us wisdom, but if we want to receive that wisdom, we've got to have faith that God is going to supply it. If we want to receive the wisdom of God, we've got to have faith that God is going to supply it. If we want to have real wisdom, then we have to have real faith. And without real faith, we will receive nothing from God. It doesn't say you just won't receive wisdom. It says without real faith, you're not going to receive anything from God. You're not going to receive his blessings. You're not going to receive his favor. You're not going to receive his healing. You're not going to receive his salvation unless you have real faith that he's able to do what you're asking him to do and not doubt that. So these have been some really tough truths that we've unpacked in the book of James so far. And this next one isn't much easier. James is a tough book to read. James is a tough book to study. And I'm here to tell you today, James is a tough book to preach. So this next one's not much easier. The title of the talk this morning is Resist the Pull. Resist the Pull. Can you say that with me? Resist the Pull. It says in James 1, this is where we're going to land today, verses 13 through 15. When tempted... No one should say, God is tempting me. 
For God cannot, this is a word for somebody because you didn't know this. Some of us didn't know this today. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he, God, tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to what? Death. Does anybody still deal with temptation in your story? Does anybody still get tempted on a daily basis? No, no, no. I mean somebody that's saved, somebody who's in Christ, somebody who's filled with the Holy Spirit. Do any of you still struggle with the pull of temptation in your life? Here's the thing about temptation. It's going to be present whether we're a new Christian or if we've been one for years, it's going to be present whether we're near to God or far from God. And it's going to be present regardless of how much time we spend in the word, regardless of how much time we spend in prayer, and regardless of how much time we spend in God's presence, temptation is always going to be in our story. So if we could this morning, I just want to try for a, a few minutes and unpack this idea of temptation. Because temptation is the tool that the enemy uses to pull us out of the calling that God has spoken of our, over our lives and to get us off of the path that the Lord has prepared for us. Temptation is the pull that takes us down the road that leads nowhere but to death. James 1.13, we're going to unpack these uh, three verses. It says, when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. So the first thing we need to understand is extraordinarily simple, and it's that God does not tempt us. Amen. God does not tempt. When we feel the pull to do something that is apart from the will of God, it is never God that's putting that draw in front of us. But we just talked about last week, Pastor, that the things that we go through are producing perseverance in us. So, so which one is it? Does God put trials in front of us or does God not put trials in front of us? Does God put temptation in front of us or does God not put temptation in front of us? God does not tempt, but he does test. God does not tempt, but he does test. So if we're going to move forward in wisdom, we've got to understand the difference. Because there's a big difference in testing and temptation. There's a big difference in, in being tested and being tempted. The definition of, of temptation is this. The desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. See, God wants to give us wisdom. But temptation is the pull to do something, especially something that is wrong or unwise. So when we understand and see that temptation is something that draws us into sin and testing is something that sees what we're willing to endure. Temptation is something that draws us away from God and testing is something that should draw us into God. 
Temptation is something that pulls us out of God's will, and testing is producing something in us that moves us further into God's will. Testing is something difficult in our circumstance. Temptation is something that, if pursued, leads us into sin. 1 Thessalonians 3, 5 says, For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, Paul writing to the church, he says, For this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your faith. I was afraid that in some way the tempter had tempted you and that our labors might have been in vain. See, we first have to see in this passage that any temptation we face does not come from God, but comes from the tempter, our enemy, Satan. The enemy's sole desire for the believer is to tempt us away. We got to understand this. The enemy's sole desire for you and for me is to tempt us away from being effective for the kingdom of God. The enemy does not want you to be effective for God's kingdom. Why? Because if he can pull us away from being effective for the, from effective for the kingdom of God, then we become useless in reaching people with the gospel of Christ. And God said our mission is to love God and love people, and our mission is to go and make disciples. And if the enemy can pull us into temptation, it makes us useless in that mission. Another thing I want us to highlight in this verse is Paul's assertion that falling into temptation is directly connected to a lack of faith. You get that? This is what he says in the first part of that verse. He said, for this reason, when I could stand it no longer, I sent to find out about your what? faith. So how do these things correlate? How do these things fit together? I believe the way that they fit together is in that if we have faith that God has something better for us than what's tempting us, then we are much likely, much less likely to fall into that temptation. If we have faith that God wants the best for us and the enemy wants the worst for us, then we're less likely to step into that temptation and more likely to lean in to God. In Luke chapter 4 verse 1 and 2, uh, this is about Jesus right after he was baptized being led into the wilderness and being tempted by Satan. It says Jesus, this is important, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days and at the end of them he was hungry. How was Jesus able to resist this temptation when he was tired and weak in the wilderness? He was able to resist it because he was full of the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to tell you today that the spirit that Jesus was full of is the same spirit that is in you and me. That just as Jesus, through the power of the Spirit, was able to resist temptation, the Spirit empowers us today to resist anything that the enemy puts before us. But in order for this to happen, you've got to want what Jesus has more than you want what the world has. Amen? 
you got to want what Jesus has more than you want what the world has to offer. So the first thing we got to know is that God does not tempt us. And the second thing we got to know is that you will be tempted. So God doesn't tempt us, A. But B, you will be tempted. James 1.14 said, but each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. There is nothing in this world that is going to stop you from being tempted. You've been tempted every day. Amen. You're being tempted every day and you're going to be tempted every day until you leave this world. But I thought the road was supposed to get easier when I put my faith in Jesus. But I thought it was supposed to be smooth sailing when I put my, I I thought that once I got on this straight road that I wouldn't struggle with the same temptations that I struggled with before. But the reality is that you're going to be tempted with those things, but there's a difference. Before you were tempted in those things, you had no power to combat them. And you had no desire to combat them. But now, the difference is, I may still be tempted with the things, the sins, the troubles that I was tempted with before. But the difference is, now, two things, I don't want to fall into that temptation. And number two, I'm empowered by the Spirit of God to not fall into that temptation. We're empowered to overcome. We're empowered to overcome. Listen to me here, church. There are going to be seasons in your life where you are tempted in ways that make your life feel like hell on earth. You're going to be tempted in ways that make your life feel miserable, that make your life feel like you can't take another step. But I'm here to tell you, you are empowered to overcome. 1 Peter 4.12 says, Dear friends, this is good. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. So something strange is can we just take a second this morning and agree that we're going to stop being surprised when we're tempted to do something that's apart from the will of God? I'm surprised this is even happening. I can't believe I'm even still being tempted. No, no, no. Let's not be surprised anymore when we're tempted. We're going to be tempted and it's going to be difficult. And there are things in your life that are going to be extraordinarily hard to navigate and hard to say no to. There are some things in your life that are going to be hard to say no to. Amen? There are some things in your life that are going to be hard to walk away from. But the beautiful thing is that God has made us one of the most beautiful promises in all of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says this, no temptation. Can you say that with me? No temptation. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, 
he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Why is this so beautiful? Because it lets us know that there is nothing in this life that has the power to overtake us without our consent. Wow. There is nothing in this life that has the power to overtake us without our consent. Because when we're tested, when we're tempted, when we're pushed to the limit, and when we're at the end of our rope, God has promised that there is a way out. There is a way out. There's a way out, and that way out is to refocus our eyes on Jesus and to say nothing, nothing, nothing is more important to me in my life than walking in the will of God. That's what we've got to decide. That's a decision that you've got to make. That's a decision that that you've got to come to. What's the most important thing to me? Is it living in the world and living of the world and doing the things that feel good for a moment and that are pleasurable for a season? Or is my desire, the passion of my heart to walk in the will of God? So God doesn't tempt you, but you will be tempted. And finally, we got to realize this. Temptation has the power to produce sin in our lives. Temptation has the power to produce sin in our lives. James 1, 14 through the first part of 15 says, but each person is tempted when they're dragged away from their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Let's read that one more time. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Look, if our sin is left unchecked, it has the power to pull us out of our walk with Jesus and to lead us down a road that does not end where we want to be. And when we end up in that place, I'm here to tell you, church, it's hard to get back out. It's hard to get back out once we've allowed that sin to lead us to a place where we don't want to be. The thing we have to understand about temptation is that the enemy knows exactly how to tempt you. The enemy is not going to tempt me in the same way he tempts you. I may not struggle with the same things that you struggle with. Something that the enemy puts in front of you that that tempts you, if he were to put it in front of me, I'm I'm not doing that. That's stupid. But there are also things that the enemy's going to put in front of me that tempt me that would not affect you. Why? Because the enemy knows exactly how to tempt you. That's why it says dragged away by their own evil desire. Dragged away by their own evil desire because the enemy isn't tempting you in an area where somebody else struggles. He's tempting you in your area. He's tempting you in the area where you 
struggle. Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 40, says this. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching that place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Pray that you will not fall. Jesus has just had the last supper. Jesus is at the garden about to be betrayed by Judas. Can I just share something with y'all real quick? Can I chase a rabbit for just a moment? I was reading the Bible, a a kid's Bible with my children about four or five days ago. And we were right here in this text right after the Last Supper. And it said... um, when Jesus and his disciples, you know, he went to the, to the Mount of Olives, right? Um, it, this kid's Bible said when, uh, when Jesus and his disciples got to the Olive Garden. And my daughter, God bless her. <laughs> she could not. She said the Olive Garden. She said they just ate. <laughs> Why are they at the Olive Garden? That, that, that was free. I just couldn't resist. It says, on reaching that place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. See, yes, temptation has the power to produce sin in our lives. But the reason that the Lord wants us to resist temptation is because he knows the plans that he has for us. And he knows that where he's leading us is far better than where temptation wants to lead us. Jesus said, pray that you don't fall into temptation because he knew that it's when we don't fall into temptation. Oh, man. Jesus knew. That it's when we don't fall into temptation that we're free to step into grace. Jesus knew that it's when we don't fall, when we don't walk into that temptation that we're free to walk into his grace. James 1, getting ready to close as we stand to our feet. James 1, 14 through 15, but says, But each person is tempted when they're dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to what? Death. Here it is today. We have two options. We can fall to the temptation of the enemy, which leads us into sin, which results in death. Or number two, we can walk in faithfulness because of the grace we've received and have life to the full. That's our two options. We can fall to the temptation and end up where we don't want to be in that sin that leads to death or we can stand in faithfulness and walk into that grace that leads to life. John 10, 10, closing with this, says the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Life in Christ or death in sin, just as it always has been, even now, the choice is ours. God wants to lead you into a more abundant life than you've ever imagined. 
And the enemy wants to lead you into temporary pleasures that lead to death. The choice is ours. Which way do we step? We got to make that decision right now in this moment. Which way am I going to step? Because you're going to be tempted when you walk out these doors. Which way am I going to step? Am I going to step into faithfulness? Or am I going to step into temptation? Am I going to allow temptation to pull me down the wrong road? Or am I going to stand faithful, believing that God is going to lead me into grace, which leads me into life and life abundant and life to the full?